Welcome to the City Hill Podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Honestly, like, especially when it comes to speaking, um, there's always like this little bit of a, every time you speak, but weirdly enough with this message, I'm really uh, optimistic and excited about it just because of the, the, the promise that is within it. Um, so even as I'm saying it, I'm just, I'm just hoping that I get something from it. And I'm, I'm hoping that everyone's listening to also get something from it as well. Um, if you've heard any time I've spoken before, oftentimes I'll go from like subject to subject to subject to subject, and it seems completely random, but they are connected. But I realize that sometimes it's, it's hard to keep track. So I think one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm basically going to say the sermon in one sentence, and if you get that sentence, then you'll understand the premise of what I'm saying um, everywhere else. So, so basically, what I kind of want to talk today about is, is about peace. And um, what I kind of want to speak about is in a world that's so disconnected, in order for us to be who we truly are supposed to be, um, we have to learn how to seek peace together. That's essentially what we're talking about. And um, what I want to do is I want to kind of go through different types of relationships that exist to show us like what peace is and how it works. Um, but before we do, I really want to go into Matthew 5. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Matthew 5. If you don't, no worries, I'll read it out anyway. Um, and just for context, this is basically Jesus's words. Uh, he is given essentially his first sermon. I think this is the, the sermon of Christianity that he's kind of saying And um, I'm going to go from verse 2. I'm going to end on verse 9. So he's on a mountain and and he opened his mouth and taught them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God or the sons of God. Um, I really, I really like this, uh, this, this sermon, and I like all the attributes that he had leading up to it because he talks about hunger and thirst and all these internal desires, right? But internal desires for righteousness and people coming together and doing the right thing, essentially. Um, but then he then goes to verse nine when he talks about a characteristic of, uh, not, even, not just a characteristic, some, uh, sorry. He talks about a thing you can actually do. Uh, and he says, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Which basically suggests that peace is something that could be made, right? It's something, it's something that you could create. It's something that you can cultivate and grow. Um, for someone like me, I've always struggled with faith because oftentimes it seems very up in the air. Uh, and I'm a designer, I'm a maker, I create things, that's what I do. So when Jesus says, actually, you are expected to make something and the thing you're supposed to make, make is peace uh, or the result is peace, then that's something that excites me. Um, I think oftentimes, especially in our, in our current world, we have an uh, uh, incomplete view on what peace is. Uh, oftentimes when we talk about peace, we speak about the absence of war. So we are not fighting, so we're in peace, right? Uh, but when you look at how Jesus was speaking about it, and also as well, just the, the word itself, he, he was referring to it as something that was more generative than uh, passive. So peace is the word shalom. 
which we understand to, to mean peace, but it also means a wholeness. Uh, so it isn't just we're no longer fighting. It's uh, we are we are more we are more than we could have been if we were separate, right? So there's new possibilities, there's new realities that has come from us collaborating together. So if you think about like you see like a Venn diagram where it's like two circles and they go together in the middle, and beforehand they were two circles, and now they have it's technically one shape, but you have one circle here, another circle here, then you have this third shape in the middle. That I imagine is what the Bible is referring to as shalom as peace it's the thing that like can't exist it's the extra shape that gets created when two things come together um i believe that this is something that is uh by design in terms of like we were made for shalom we're made for peace but what i kind of want to do is that i kind of want to like look at different five different relationships that occur for us to see peace in different angles and hopefully we'll be able to take these words and, and implement it into our, our day to day so um the first, the first relationship that I want to talk about is uh, God's relationship with himself. And um, the reason why I want to start there is because I honestly feel that uh, one, of the most, one of the most controversial, game-changing ideas humans have ever heard in, in civilization, the history of civilization, is, um, is God is one. I think that before that was said, <laughs> it, was, it was very hard for us to be able to take um, the idea of diversity, a, di- a diverse range of characteristics and, and put it in terms of, contain it in one person, right? Um, historically, when Moses jumped on Mount Sinai and said, Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one, um, beforehand, there were gods for everything. Right, so there's a God for the sea, there's a God for the sun, there's a God for the, the moon, there's a God for the different seasons, for fertility, for death, for all that kind of stuff. And Moses um, said that what we perce- what we are currently perceiving as God is fractured, and actually the person that we are serving um, is the God of all of these things. Right? Uh, it's very hard for us to deal with that because oftentimes, especially when you're speaking to someone who's new in their faith, they'll say, "If God is good, then why does He do this?" Right? Like, there's two characteristics that we just can't put together, right? Um, but what I'm understanding, similar to that Venn diagram of the two circles coming together and it being this whole new thing, God truly is one to the point where it's very hard for you to um, understand one characteristic without you truly understanding the other, right? So, for example, God is just. God cares about justice, right? He's very passionate. He's very, he's very passionate about making things right. Um, and the, the type of justice that we want is the type of justice whereby someone will look at us and even though you've done, uh, uh, you've basically done a crime that should get you in prison for life, the judge is like, nah, it's okay, you're fine, you can go, kind of thing. Um, we want to be let off the hook, right? And God makes sure, makes sure that justice is served, right? He done that for his son. I'm just going to cut the long story short. He done it for his son, so we're all safe, yeah? Amen. We're all safe, amen. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone got shook. Um, but, but that means that his, because he is so much about justice, he is also, when you, when you read the scriptures about him being one of wrath, it's a real thing um, because his justice needs to be protected. So there's a whole other side that's real. Um, he is both glorious and beautiful. And also as well, the scripture says that demons are afraid of him. So there is, there is those two things exist. And he is fully one person he's fully at peace with himself he is peace itself um 
to the point where uh, there are different there are different uh, demonstrations of which we have seen God, and uh, we find it we we find it hard to see it as one person, right? So we were like, okay, the the Son and the Holy Spirit and the Father aren't they different people? And what's going on? And then and actually you, you'll see that everyone refers to each other, right? So the Father will say, listen to the Son. The Son says, I don't do anything of myself. Listen to the Father, right? The Holy Spirit is like, I don't do anything of myself. So it's like, it's, it's, a, it's self-referential. I, I almost see it less of three different persons. I see body parts of the same body, right? Um, we, we, we get to see the right hand of God through Jesus. We get to see his demonstrations by, by Jesus doing what he had to do on earth. So the reason why I started with God's relationship with himself is because this is the starting point. This is the foundation. This is the reference point. It's very easy for us to speak about peace and us have very different ideas of what peace is. But God and how he relates to himself, even though there's so many uh, characteristics that with our, with our very early minds uh, think that they're, they're in contradiction to each other, actually they, they complement each other in a way that we, we don't understand. Um, so I wanted to start with that relationship. The, the second relationship that I wanted to talk about was um, our relationship with ourselves. And the reason why I wanted to go to that one next is because I know in the Bible it says we're made in the image of God, but uh, we're, not as, uh, we're not as wholesome as, as God is, right? We're completely fractured. Um, oftentimes we will have one characteristic that really is in contradiction with the other characteristic. We'll have one desire that's in contradiction with another desire at the same time, right? Um, sometimes we're even fractured amongst our, our past, present and future selves, right? So anyone here who does therapy it's like you have to speak to, to ask someone what their childhood was like because oftentimes who the, what their childhood was like is often disconnected from who they are now and sometimes we're very disconnected from our future selves so like we don't know where we're going to go next what our future's going to be what's going to happen next um and we are completely uh separated right and what i've understood is that um that is a result of what happens when we when we don't chat to the original prince of peace when we don't understand what peace is oftentimes we begin to to grow apart and often we start to see ourselves as an enemy of ourselves all these things that seem like contradictions seem like real contradictions um but what i found is that god is god is here to restore man and not just in a moral sense he's here to restore all of you all of your all of your character that is that is you that's truly you um he wants to restore that to one whole the same way how he is one and um what I found lately is that I'm, I'm also like you, very fractured. Um, I'm, I'm a very like I'm all over the place. But what I found is that when I've, when I've committed myself to um, entertain a relationship with God, I find myself being more um, whole. And and what I mean by that is the things that I thought were in con- contradiction to each other is actually just parts of me. And um, my fear before getting closer to God was that He's gonna try and make me dry. And he's gonna like he's gonna try finesse it in a way where like I ain't got no friends and like I ain't got no personality and I'm just I'm 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 just boring or weird. And what I've understood is that God is my designer, and when I get closer to Him, I actually become more me. Um, and I realize that I am I I become less who I thought I was. Do you know what I mean? You have a when you're outside of Christ, you. You have a strong perception of who you who you are, right? Um, until you meet the real, and then he 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 re- helps you to reintroduce yourself to yourself. 
Um, and the way that he's been able to do that through me is, is through um, his Holy Spirit, right? Um, Jesus, when he was speaking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit, he, uh, he kind of gave a, a description of it to say this is the comforter, right? But when you actually look it in, into the, 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 the Greek meaning of what he was saying, um, the word is, I think is paraclete, and the, the actual meaning is almost like an attorney, right? So the, so the attorney is the person that almost like he, uh, he fights for justice, right? So between you and God, yeah? But also as well between you and yourself. Um, so your relationship with God also means a more wholesome relationship uh, with yourself. So that's the second relationship I wanted to talk about, which is, is, is you with yourself. And, and that can only really be truly healed once you've invited the attorney, the Holy Spirit to be a part of it, right? What I've experienced in my personal life, anyway. Um, so the, the, um, the next one is to talk about a, another interesting relationship, which is um, the devil's relationship with you. And um, I have to make it real clear, he don't like you, <laughs> yeah? He really, he really doesn't like you. And even though he often says things that you really want to hear, it's, it's not for you. Um, he, he's very much up about dividing and the reason why he's called the father of lies um, is because his whole thing is using uh, words in order to bring people apart um, he normally does it by three, three ways and you can see it you can see it in the garden of Eden right he separates you from God first and foremost like you know you don't really need God you know you don't really need God like your God's in and of yourself like you don't need someone looking over you kind of thing so it tears apart that relationship. The next thing he does is that he, well, in that he also tears apart your relationship with yourself, right? Because you've now seen yourself in a way that is not healthy and now that's been broken apart. Then he separates your relationship with the people around you, right? Um, he's not for you. He's not about peace. He's anti all of that. And um, the same way how with the Holy Spirit, peace can be created even if peace is ne never we never get world peace there is a uh, there is a, a, a geographical location where God's peace can be established and it's your body right your body is the one geographical location where God can actually reign supreme and have peace right Satan is the opposite so his whole thing is that he wants division all over the world right um, and Oftentimes, what he would do is that he will uh, say he would either say you are too big for the crowd you're in or you're too small for the crowd you're in. So how he divides us is either saying like, you don't need God, you're too big for that. Or God don't like you. You need to move away from him because he doesn't like you. Right. So he separates you. He, he, he convinces you that like seeking peace is not the way forward. Actually cutting yourself away is the way forward. And, and, and actually that thought of you're too big for the crowd is a very simple but a very powerful, um, very, very powerful idea that can destroy you. And, and Satan uses it and he knows it's effective because it's the thought that destroyed him, right? Like he was the one who was in heaven and said, right, oh, man, I don't, I can, I'm on, I'm on equal path with God. I don't need to, I don't need to be on a, uh, I don't need to be under him in any sort of way. And that is the thing that kind of broke him 
out and i don't know how this how the laws work with angels but it seems that once they do something wrong once you're out forever so and I, he don't like he don't like the fact that for us as humans we can continually um learn we can continually uh grow with god and if we make a mistake we're able to to learn again so what he does is that he convinces us that learning again is impossible if you've done something wrong once you're you're out for the count so be aware of that guy because he's a very um he's a very um he's a nuisance the the next relationship that i want to talk about is um god's relationship with you and i i actually want to i actually want to go in a i actually want to go to a um an example of not god but my brother so my brother's like 14 years older than me like he's um so he was i was able to see a lot of life and decide how i want to maneuver in life and so he had children 14 years before me or like i ain't got children now whatever so um he he brought his nieces got two nieces one that's uh one that's eight i think one that's three at the time brought them to the house and the three-year-old is a joker she's very good at reading human behavior and she's just she's funny anyway she um she was talking about her mum mum wasn't in the room she was like oh i love my mum i love my mum it's like okay she's like i love my mum more than my laptop yeah and to her at the time that was a big statement like, oh that's nice that's interesting and then we said um my mum my her grandma said uh do you do you love your dad more than your laptop right and then she went mm. <laughs> and the thing is yeah it's funny if you're not the dad. <laughs> it is a burner if you're listening, if you're looking at your child and your child prefers a laptop over you, right? Um, but he had this very content look on his face and he seemed very chill. And because um, it looks like he's, this has happened before, basically. And uh, she, but then, he, she, like I said, she's a really good reader of character. So like, once she knows you're annoyed she goes in she's only three years old but she'll go in yeah she's like i don't love you i don't love you and me and my mom was like oh this is intense because she kept saying it yeah and he was like it doesn't it doesn't matter he kept saying to her, it doesn't matter if you love me or not it doesn't matter if you love me or not anyway she said it proper loud and he said no nah, it's it honestly doesn't matter if you love me or not like i i love you like i love you that's what matters like be safe in that do you know what i mean i've never heard that before like i've never heard i've never heard uh, a man say that to a child before because I've, I've only known I've only known conditional relationships, right? I've only known, like, once you go past this point, I'm done with you. Do you know what I mean? But to hear a father say, like, it really doesn't matter about your response. My response to you is love. Do you know what I mean? Um, if you love back, then great. But that's not, that's not going to be a condition as to how I respond. And that helped me to understand um, God's love for his child, whereby what, what Jesus done when he, again... God's really serious about this rafting, right? But it was all in his son, so to, now we're going to the, the proper ending. Um, once he decided to make peace by, by, by shedding the blood that was necessary, he, he made peace regardless of whether you like him or not. Like, the peace is there. So all we, all we have to do is reignite the conversation, but the, the conversation is open. God is not with his arms folded saying, you did this and you did that. And it really makes me, it really makes me, um, it makes me understand that he, he really fights for what he has for himself, which is oneness. And you even, you even hear him, um, I think it's in John, where at the end of John, when he's praying, this is one of the, we know that he prays all the time. Jesus prays all the time. Um, but it's one of the few times we've actually heard him pray. 
And like one of the things that he prays for is that I pray that everyone becomes one as me and the father are one. So he's like, I wish this for everyone because we believe in this whole individual. I'm doing my own thing. It's like, no, no, that's not how we're designed. We're designed to like move closer and closer towards each other to create a new reality that doesn't exist um, currently. So he prays, let's be one as we are one. Um, so the next relationship that the last relationship that I want to go to uh, is our relationship with others. And what I want to like do is that I want us to go to Colossians one um to explain where i'm going with this um so it's colossians 1 from 15 to 20 and i love like for me it's almost like you know when jesus is saying like yo you can it's it's possible for you you have to be making something on this planet and the thing you have to make is peace this almost shows what the end goal of that peace is right um so it talks about jesus and it says in verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and by him or for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. That's a very important part. In him, all things hold together. Um, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might have preeminence um, for in him all fullness of God was uh, pleased to dwell and this part I love for through and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood in, of, the, of his cross right so what I think is like amazing is that God's essentially revealed the end of the story the end of the story is that everything that we know exists is going to is aiming to redirect itself and head back towards the singular point and the point is christ right and that is so it's so mind-boggling because like we all know this and i know we all know this because we all talk about it if you're on social media for more than five seconds like we all talk about the importance of diversity the importance of solidarity the importance of like things us coming together right it's called um all right, C.S. Lewis had a, um, had a term called a pagan dream. And basically, the idea of a pagan dream was um, that all humans, whether you are Christian or not, has an, has an image of something that, that is godly, right? Um, so, for example, uh, there's, been many, there's been many cultures and religions that have spoken about a Christ figure, right? Um, someone who's born of a virgin will come, die, rise again three days later. That's actually a story that we've heard throughout time. As, as a matter of fact, many people will use that as a reason to be like, well, Christianity, therefore, it's not, it's not real because it's been said before, right? C.S. Lewis calls it a pagan dream, which basically means that, like, these are things that, that people inherently know. Do you know what I mean? No one, needs, no one needs to tell you it. And through in many different cultures, that's been the case, right? P people have said, like, there's going to come a time where there's, there's going to be someone to save us, right? And these are going to be the steps that they go through. Some, they vary they variate a lot. But that's the, that's the premise of it. But then what C.S. Lewis says is that Jesus is the myth that's real, right? So he's, he is, he's confirmed all of the things that everyone has dreamed about. But there's a, there's a geographical location where you say this has happened here, right? Like there's a time in history where like this has happened at this point, right? Um, so that's what a pagan dream is, just to explain. I believe that we don't only just have a, a dream about the king... But we also have a dream about the kingdom 
right? We all have dreams about this kingdom of like everything coming together to be one, right? Um, and that's why we have loads of chats about equality and diversity and solidarity and all these things, all these catchphrases that seem like catchphrases. I believe personally, this is not, <laughs> this is not Bible. I believe that this is, um, that is everyone crying out for the, for the same thing. The issue is, is that we don't understand because we don't understand peace in terms we don't understand the peace creator we don't understand peace himself it's very hard for us to achieve that right what we what we end up doing is that we normally bring everything back to a sameness so everything's the same whereby how god does it he brings everything where individually you are completely unique but you still work within this whole right only the holy spirit can achieve that only the holy spirit achieves that within his relationship with himself he only can achieve it amongst you in yourself and only he could achieve that in society um but you have, you have two bodies, right? God has made two bodies. He's made the body of Adam, right? Which is everyone who, who hasn't necessarily um, accepted Christ yet. Um, and Adam's going to do what Adam's going to do, right? <laughs> like Adam's just going to do what he's going to do. Uh, but then also as well, he's made the body of Christ, which, which many of us have decided to follow through. And it has, it, sometimes it is as broken a lot of the times. Um, but we have the Holy Spirit that allows us to, to, to bring all things together. And, and the reason why I'm saying all of this is because even though it may seem sometimes very up in the air, is that Jesus made it very clear about his kingdom uh, because people was pressuring him about where, like, how, what it's going to look like. And he said, this is not with observation, you know, like you can't, you can't just point to a kingdom and say, oh, that's where the kingdom is. It's like, it's within you. In other translations, it said it's amongst you. I like the one, the King James Version that said it's within you because it's like, they're like, that is that's the one geographical point where this whole thing can be proven within you and and it can also expand with the with the people around you um so we're in a deliberate um very intense war with with satan doing what he's doing which is like always bringing about division through very small very simple thoughts of like you need to leave or you're not ready for this thing or you're too you're you're not worthy to be here whatever um and then but then also as well, we now have the voice of the Holy Spirit, which always says, come, I invite you, come closer, come closer. And um, we can, the, the least uh, we can do to demonstrate this reality is within ourselves. Um, but then also as well, there's an opportunity um, to demonstrate with our friends and our family and our workplaces, our very work that we do on a day to day can be a demonstration of what peace could look like bringing people together. And yo, it's so sweet. Like when you, when you, when you find peace, yeah, like, and obviously it's a continual thing, but like when you, when you're in beef with someone and, and you actually like get that peace with someone, like great, a little, like a little, uh, stake in the kingdom, like God, God's won today. Um, but we've got another fight tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? Um, but this, this, this is the privilege that we have and this is the honour that we have in order to experience this, the type of peace that the world can't give us, but also as well, we're able to distribute and, and also give the, the, the peace that the world can't get, uh, can't get other than through, through Christ. Um, yeah, man. So that's the message. Um, I'm going to pray and then we're going to close. <sighs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your peace. There's so many times when we are fractured and all over the place and don't know where we're going. There's so many times when we're in arguments and, and um, beef with the people around us and it doesn't seem like there's any end. But you've shown us time and time again that your peace is real. And we didn't learn it. We didn't read about it. God, you just gave it to us as a gift. And even if there's anyone here that doesn't know this peace, I pray that we all 
begin to experience it more and more little by little throughout our days and then we'll get to a point where we will actually not just have it in us but we'll know how to distribute it around us God you're faithful thank you so much for your peace let it reside with us we love you in Jesus name Amen Amen We really hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london